This Hawk Talk is brought to you by the NSU Wesley Foundation. The NSU Wesley is a Methodist campus ministry dedicated to serving the community. Every week, they serve a free lunch for NSU students, faculty, and staff from 11 to 2 on Wednesdays. This is quickly followed by Club Sammy, a program geared towards feeding those with food insecurity in the community. Finals week, students can get free breakfast, lunch, and dinner from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. at 405 South Going Snake Street, Tahlequah, OK. For more information, call 918-822-1913. Good morning, NSU. Welcome back to the Hawk Talk Morning Show, the podcast where we discuss any and all things happening on NSU campus in the morning. My name is Angel Ford, and I'm here with my co-host, NJ Hudson. Good morning, NSU. We have a special podcast today in honor of Women's History Month. We're joined today by Dr. Christine Hallman, Professor of Geography and Sustainability Studies, and Marcy Mitchum, Academic Testing Coordinator. And they're here to discuss the Geography of Warrior Women class. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I'm extremely excited to kickstart this discussion, this class I've heard of, but I don't know much about. So having you both on is really awesome. Let's delve right into it. So tell us about the geography of warrior women. The class has been taught since 2017. It's a general education elective under global studies. And I'm trained in physical geography. So that's like climate change, natural hazards and stuff like that. But I've always been interested in in warrior women in all forms. And I thought it'd be a chance to teach something really cool. And in 2017, kind of started on a hope and a prayer and a dream, maybe. And In the first day, the first class, I had a student come up to me and hug me and thank me for teaching the class. And it was day one, first time I taught the class. And I thought, oh, this must be something I'm on the right track. And it kind of took off. The class is created based on a community so that students get to offer warrior women or events that we talk about so they can suggest warrior women to discuss. And that's kind of how it all starts. In the first week, we talk a little bit about warrior women, but I never describe a warrior woman. I want the students to explore what that means for themselves. And so they create a list of characteristics or phrases that describe warrior women. And I also want to include actual warrior women voices. So that's where Marcy came into the picture. I wanted a veteran woman warrior. And somehow I found Marcy, gratefully. She agreed to talk to my class and she does every semester, every fall. And she also helps coordinate some of the service learning activities that we do. She has a very powerful voice. And, you know, I'm really grateful for her sharing her experiences and uh, being so courageous and brave. And other guest speakers are warrior women from campus, students, staff, and faculty. And then we have one, and he is a medieval enthusiast. He creates his own weapons and he fights in HEMA and SCA events. And so he brings swords and shields and all kinds of armor to class. And we do a lot of hands-on activities and service learning activities because I think students learn best when they do something. That's kind of it in a nutshell. I didn't know that you were a veteran. Can you tell us a little bit about that part of your life? joined the army when I was 17 and became a medic and served four years. And I just share in the class about what it's like to be a woman in a predominantly male world. And so I always love it. The very first class that I attended, I said, oh, I'm an oversharer. I felt like I shared way more information than the students needed, but it's worked out every year. So 
So you're quite literally that warrior woman. In the stories that Marcy shares, they help other students, particularly other women in the class, be brave enough to use their voices to ask for help and share about their own experiences. And I'm not sure that would happen without Marcy's voice. Definitely. So some disclosure about me. I've taken the class before and I've known both of you guys for about a year or so, I would say. And yeah, like you said, Doc, Marcy, you're an excellent voice for the class and we all really appreciated hearing from you. And I'm really excited about even talking about this class because I didn't know what to expect from it. You know, like Doc was saying, we talk a lot about warrior women in that class. And I didn't really know what I was getting into. But from day one, I was prepared for that class because it was about us and like about our history. The students were always included. And I thought that was really, really special. You know, we got to talk about characters like Princess Leia. But then that helped a lot of us, I think, get really attached. And now we've learned about, you know, I could tell you all about Boudicca and about Joan of Arc and about all these women that I didn't really know anything about before the class. So it's a really exciting opportunity. And both of you are amazing voices for that class. I think an important thing to remember is nobody's born a warrior. You're forced into being a warrior because of your circumstances. And so that's one of the things I love about the class is somebody who's sitting in the class and they're thinking, oh, well, I'm not a warrior. You are. It just hasn't come out yet. You know, you've got to let her out. No, this is so true. And warriors come in many shapes, you know, and forms. We talk about ancient and historical ones. And those are the ones you usually think about with swords or, or something like that. But then as time progresses, it takes a different shape and uh, warriors become those with voices and they use those to help others. And I think everybody in the classroom is a warrior. They just have to figure that out. And I think just hearing you guys talk about it and the passion you have for it, I'm just having this class available for students to hear these voices because it being Women's History Month, we know that history is told predominantly from a male perspective. So having voices that speak on their own experiences, women voices, I think it's amazing and pretty important. So I commend you guys for highlighting that. And there's a really wide diversity of women that you guys cover too. I mean, you know, women of color, trans women we talked about in class and that was really exciting for me too is getting to see like oh wow Doc's really covered everything she can here and she's still continuing to cover things that students have suggested that's one of the best things about the class that diversity of voices that we get in your own view both of you how do you see this class helping to shape or even to expand a student's view on this certain topic warrior women or women in general It's kind of funny because it didn't really start out this way. But as I've taught the class more and more, it's for not everybody in the classroom because I can't reach everybody in the classroom. But for those who have an open mind and and an open heart, I think the class can be really transformative. And a lot of students, regardless of gender, become empowered to use their own voice in whatever way they think is right and to find and, and use their own truth and to find that passion to create that positive change. And it's kind of weird because it's kind of, it's like magic almost. I don't know how it really happens, but there are students that really come into the class and I can tell that they have low self-esteem or they're finding themselves, which is right where I was, you know, when I was 18 or 20. And then to be not a teacher, but a guide or a support system and providing them with opportunities to kind of embrace who they are and be comfortable in that is really powerful. And I'm really honored by being able to share those experiences with students. 
When the class first started in, what did you say, 2017, there were a lot of international students who were from countries that very much, the word I'm looking for, women are not an important part of their culture, you know? And so, so many of those students would come to some of the activities that I would do, and you could just tell it had opened their eyes. They had never been taught any of this part of history before, that women influenced history from the very beginning. And so, I thought that was really exciting that so many students were having their eyes open to that and they would ask questions. I want to know more about this. You know, during the Civil War, there were women that dressed up as men to join the fighting and they found that so interesting and wanted to research those more. Particularly men in the class, too. That's something I really noticed is there was a huge change in perspective from the men who participated in that class because I could tell some of them were not as enthused. And by the end, everybody was on board. Everybody knew, you know, who runs the world. It's it's super Girls. enriching for everyone. Girls, Girls specifically. Girls <laughs> To quote the icon Beyonce, girls do. This is the second podcast episode in a row that Beyonce's come up Beyonce. on. Yeah. How strange. We should get her on. Yeah. One of the other things we've done with the class that has been great is we've had panels come. And one year we had a panel of female veterans and then students were able to come and ask questions of those ladies. And it was amazing. And then last year we had first responders. Tahlequah has a female firefighter. So we had her. We had police women. We had all these people that were able to come. And again, kind of that same where the students were able to ask them questions. And what's it like in your world where you're a minority? One of the ladies is a sheriff with the Cherokee Nation. She is sheriff? A marshal. And she was really open about sharing her experiences. She's been doing it for over 20 years and what it was like then versus what it's like now. And so I like the panel discussions. I think it adds a lot. And then last year, we planted an oak tree for first responders, and I've named her Moira, after Moira Smith, who was a female first responder at 9-11, and she was killed in, in the collapse of the building. That's beautiful. And so I just visited her on the way over to the... <laughs> I visited her, too. <laughs> I think she looks great. <laughs> no leaves yet, but, you know. She's got little fuzzy tips. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> And I guess doing, warriors are doing. Doers. I do tell students that warriors are doers and we're going to be doers. And so those service learning projects are really important for students. Last fall, we also made poppies, remembrance poppies, and handed those out. And then we visited the Cherokee County Nursing and Rehab Center north of Tahlequah, and students make posters and stuff like that. And I think students want to make a difference, and they can also see how valuable they really are by doing those service learning projects. The poppies were little felt flowers that we glued together and we went to the we'll have to look it up to see what I don't it was a Veterans Day talk. Do you remember what it was the guy that came that was a POW? I know what you're talking about. I've just I'm not we had a story written about him. But it was neat how many of the older patrons that were coming to watch it came up to us and was like, can I have a poppy? We used to do this all the time when I was little and nobody does it anymore. So it was awesome. The symbols are important to a lot of people. 
and Marcy, we're talking a lot about the geography of war and women. You are also in your field pretty supportive of students. Can you tell us as an academic testing coordinator, what is your job and how does so it go? I work in enrollment management. And so my primary goal is testing all the incoming freshmen that may need testing so that we can determine whether they need in a zero level class or maybe they're ready for that college level class. But another test that I give that I push all the time is called CLEP. It's the college level exam program. It's a way to test out of a college class so you don't have to take it. So let's say you speak German, French, Spanish, you could test out of it. We also have a test for sign language in case that you could test out of your language with sign language. But normally these tests are kind of expensive. They're around $90. But if you pay for a whole class at NSU, that's going to run you like $900. So $90 doesn't look so bad when it comes to taking a test. There is a grant-funded program out there called Modern States. Their tagline is freshman year for free. They will pay for you to take the test. Not only will they pay for you to take the test, they'll teach you the material. They provide any textbooks, videos, lectures, all online, and it's all for free. And so NSU will allow you to have 30 prior learning credits on your transcript. And so you could test out of potentially 10 classes. You'd graduate early, save yourself a fortune. It's a really great deal. And if anyone's interested, I'm in the lower level of the case building. Come see me and I'll happily share that information with you. The nice thing about modern states is the way CLEP is set up, you can take the test once every three months. There's that three-month waiting period for a retest and modern states will actually pay for you to take it twice. So there's no downside to testing out of a class. Sometimes I'll have students that maybe they took an AP class in high school, but they didn't take that final test or they didn't score high enough. It's the same company, College Board. So I always encourage them to study a little bit longer and then try to test out of it. That's pretty amazing. I know I've heard of CLEP, but I've never known what it was. And just to define testing out a bit more, do they get college credit if they test out of it? You'll get the college credit. It will not affect your GPA. It shows up on your transcript as a P for passing, but you still get the college credit. So say you don't want to take comp one or you don't want to take one or two. There's a test that you could take to potentially not have to in those classes. There are, I want to say there's like 36 different exams that you could potentially test out from business law to calculus, computers. I mean, there's a huge list. You can also go to the testing services website and there's a list of all the different tests that you could test out of. So essentially, a lot of these tests, they cover the basics like gen eds, those types of things. Yes. And I've had students as young as 14 can take these tests and just save up the credits until they go to college. And then I've also had seniors come in that say, hey, I can graduate this semester, but I need a free elective. And they just get to pick off the list and get that free elective and graduate. That's awesome. I've had a transfer student come before. He attended a school that we did not accept those transcripts or those classes. And so he was able to test out of macro, micro, business law, something else. And he graduated a whole semester early for free. I mean, you have to pay to have it put on your transcript for NSU, but it's only $15 per credit hour. So which is a lot better than $45 for a whole class, you know? Yeah. Thousands of dollars on your student loans, which I have, but 
I love that you are offering this and I love that you're speaking on it today because I myself, I'm already a senior. I graduate this semester, but I would have loved to have known this because I'm a non-traditional student. So to be able to get past those gen ed classes, which they were fine, but I felt like I was, this stuff I already knew. Like I I didn't think I needed it, but of course, NSU requires it. I'm sure most colleges do. So having that type of out or that workaround is incredibly important, especially because of the money. And the great thing is too, is if you don't pass the test, no one would ever know because the results are only sent to your college if you do pass. And so if you don't pass, just wait three months and try again. So we've talked a little bit about what this class means to students that take it, but I'd really like to get your insight on what this course and what the material regarding Warrior Women means to you guys. I love it. For me, preparing for the class every semester makes me learn about my own self even more. I think I've learned a lot about myself through the process of preparing for the class. For me, I mean, I'd say that for students, I hope it's transformative, but really it's transformative for me. I've learned a whole lot from students that have taken the class, perspectives on things that I hadn't considered before. I've learned about new warrior women and I continue to do that every fall because students suggest new ones that I've never heard of before. I love learning and the students and that interaction with that material really helps me to be a better person and to be a better instructor. For me, it's really important for those voices to be heard and recognized as so many warrior women have been forgotten over time. And it's good for us to remember and acknowledge them and honor them, celebrate those warrior women and celebrate the warriors within us and to carry that in our hearts to make a difference, make positive change wherever we go. Just to reiterate, how can students learn more learn more about this this course? Do they reach out to you? Is there a certain place that they can go to to know more? How would they get into this? Well, they can contact me. My email is holman at nsuok.edu. Stop by my office. It's in Wilson Hall, 329. Usually it's word of mouth. It's kind of interesting. One student took the class in 2000. Then her sister and a cousin took it in 2001. And then a sister took it last fall. So the course is a lot of word of mouth. But Marcy and I, we would be happy to talk about the class anytime, all the time. Something that we have our hearts in. Was it 2020, Marcy? 2021, we started the scholarship. So we started a scholarship for warrior women, scholarship of warrior women, and it's for female veterans. And it got fully funded. It only took us like a year to fully fund it or become endowed so that the interest is 500 bucks every year. So that goes to a woman veteran or active duty that goes to NSU. And so we started that and that came from conversations about the class. That was such a surprise that it got funded as quickly as it did, because we were meeting and having all these conversations with other female veterans that were helping us. And we were saying, okay, we're going to have to have bake sales. We're going to have to, how are we ever going to get to, because you have to get to $10,000 to be endowed. And it felt like it was overnight. And now we're up to $15,000. So it's super exciting. We'd love for it to continue to grow so that we can offer more than one scholarship every year. So we've given it away twice. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Marcy and I aren't allowed to choose because we're employees, but we have a committee of female veterans and they choose. How would people apply? It's on the scholarship website. 
And they also send out email reminders when it's almost time, like this month, the month of March is when it will open up for the upcoming year. I love that it opens up on Women's History Month. I I wonder if that was intended. I think that's all for us today. Anything else, MJ? Thank you guys for coming in and sharing your knowledge with us. We really appreciate all that you do on campus and just can't thank you enough. Thank you. Can I add something else? Yeah, Yeah. go ahead. There is a new student organization on campus. It's the NSU Student Veteran Organization. If you want to know more about it, you can call me at 918-444-2138 or my email address is Mitchum, M-I-T-C-H-A at nsuok.edu. So do they meet every Thursday? The third Thursday of the month. Third Thursday of the month. Well, that's really exciting. Thank you guys again for coming in. And thank you for listening to the Hawk Talk Morning Show. To stay on top of every episode, or if you want to listen to the backlog of wonderful episodes that we've already released, follow us on Spotify or visit our website, nsunews.com. We will update every week and promote each episode on our social media platforms. You can follow us on Facebook at The Northeastern and our Instagram at TNE News. Stay tuned for our next update. And as always, NSU, stay rowdy. The NSU Playhouse invites you to a night of laughter and fun with five women wearing the same dress. The show, written by Alan Ball and directed by NSU's own Dr. Robin Pursley, revolves around five bridesmaids avoiding the bride who they all secretly dislike. Starring both current students and alum, the show will take place at 7.30 p.m. on April 10th through the 13th at the NSU Playhouse located in downtown Tahlequah. The show will also be the fourth Golden Llama competition presented by NSU Drama. Student organizations with the most members in attendance of the show will win the Golden Llama Trophy. Who will be the student organization with the most members in attendance? Purchase tickets for the show at nsuplayhouse.ludus.com. That's nsuplayhouse.ludus.com.